Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, that because we have met together here today, life may grow greater for those who have lost faith in it, simpler for those who are confused by it, more secure for those who would escape it, happier for those who may be tasting the bitterness of it, safer for those who are feeling the peril of it, more friendly for those who are feeling the loneliness of it, and holier for all to whom life may have lost its dignity, its beauty, and its meaning. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Do you remember your baptism? Okay, there's a yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. So for those of you who remember your baptism, were you baptized as a baby or as an adult? Huh? No. Baby? Nine? Three. Three? Okay. So one of the downsides to an infant baptism, which we practice fairly frequently in the Episcopal Church, is we, you don't remember it. Um, I don't remember my baptism. I don't. Um, one of my treasured, most prized possessions, though, is a picture of me wearing my baptismal gown sitting on the lap of my great-grandmother uh, for whom I was named. Her father, let me get this right, her husband, her husband got that baptismal gown in France while he was fighting in World War I, and it has been worn by my grandmother, by my father, um, by, well, Addison and Collins wore it. By the time Crawford was baptized, he was too chubby. <laughs> he didn't fit into it. So I don't really remember my baptism. I remember the stories. Uh, my baby book is, is mostly left blank. This is the perk or effect or consequence call it what you want, of when you have parents who had you when they were 40 and then also had my sister Sarah. They were tired. They were really tired. So there's not a whole lot there about my baptism, but what is there turned out to come in very handy because um, I needed that information for when I was ordained. They want to know where you got baptized. And uh, I asked my dad, and he said, uh, I don't know, uh, I think Wyoming. And I said, thanks, Dad. <laughs> For the record, when I said, what was my first word, he said, I don't know, dog. And I said, well, you just made that up, thanks. But baptism, baptism really is the reason that all of us are here. It is central everything that we do, everything that we do is sort of like right at the center is baptism. It holds everything together. And so I wish that we talked about it more. I wish we talked about it more in casual conversations. Like I wish we said things like, well, my baptism informs me that I'm supposed to do this, and so I went and did it. 
or, oh, I was out um, helping a friend and uh, changing their tire, and, and I did that because of, of my baptism. Because this is a response. This is the effect of my baptism on my life. But we don't talk like that. I mean, I'm a priest, and I don't talk like that. So how do we rectify this? How do we make more central the thing that is actually central to our faith? Well, I have a great place for us to start, and it's with my most favorite prayer in the Book of Common Prayer. And it's the prayer that we pray right after someone is baptized. Every time I pray this prayer during a baptism, I cry. Like, it doesn't matter if it's the cutest baby or, like, the wrinkliest old man. I just cry, and it's just... I think that this prayer captures holy, W-H-O-L-Y, holy and holy, H-O-L-Y, what it is that God desires for our life. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by water and the Holy Spirit, you have bestowed upon your servant the forgiveness of sin and have raised them to the new life of grace. Sustain them, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give them an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Amen. So in baptism, through the tangible water and the more mysterious spirit, we are given forgiveness of sin. That's it right there. There's no like little asterisk that takes you to a footnote that says, unless under these conditions, in which case it's withheld. No. Forgiveness of sin, always yours. And you have been raised to a new life of grace. Your baptism, it marks a new life forever different. You are forever changed. And here's what I really love. The next word is sustain. So this great thing has happened. It never goes away. And now we need to be sustained. Sustain, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give. Give them an inquiring and discerning heart. I love that this prayer acknowledges how hard life can be and that there will be times in which we will falter and there will be times when we want to give up and there will be times where we become frustrated beyond belief and we will need to be held through and in the worst the world can throw at us. And I love that the Spirit gives us the gift of an inquiring and discerning heart to navigate all of that. I love that, that we pray that God would make us curious. 
like, that's cool that we pray to be curious. And then, not just be curious, but to be discerning. So I love that there's something about curiosity that has a, a twinge of, of, you have to have a certain amount of disbelief um, or fantasy to be curious. You have to wonder. But then the discernment to know after we've been curious what is true and right and good. I love that we pray for courage. The courage to will and to persevere. I love that we ask God to be with us as we fail and fail big. That is what it is to will. To will is to say, I'm going to do that, and I'm probably going to fail. But I'm going to do it anyway. And that's why we ask for perseverance. We pray that God would pick us up when we fall and encourage us to try again. I love that we pray for a spirit to know and to love God. That within us, through our baptism, not only would we know God, but we would carry that love with us. In our reading from Isaiah, God says, I love you. That's the only time in Scripture God utters those three words, as in this passage from Isaiah 43. I love you, says God. God certainly says that in a variety of other ways all throughout Scripture. But I love you. I love that we pray that we would both receive and respond in that love. And then I love, 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 love. This is my most favorite part. This is probably the part that always makes me cry that we pray for the gift of joy and wonder in all of God's work. So often, I think, we pray for happiness. I just want to be happy. I want the people in my life to be happy. But happiness is fleeting. Happiness is the shallow counterpart to joy is deep and abiding and a sign of the Holy Spirit. I love that God brings to us in our baptism joy. Joy and wonder in all that is around us. It is a prayer that wonder it is a prayer that I think brings us to the best of what our baptism can mean in our life. That we can see everything as God's, 
that we can delight in it, that we can meet it with curiosity. What if this was the posture of our entire life? Rather than meeting the world around us with disdain or suspicion, what if we could meet the world with wonder, with what if? Now, I was just saying right before we were praying uh, to come into this service that I am an optimist. Like, it's hard to be more optimistic than me. But I have these moments where I am a very, like, intense realist. And so I want you to know that as we talk about baptism and the impact that it can have on our lives, that this isn't a sermon that you're getting from someone who is blindly optimistic. This is the most realist sermon you can get from me. I truly believe, I truly believe that our baptism can transform our lives if we are open to it. I don't think it gets much more real than that. But I think we have to want it. And that is hard. Because we have to want to be different. We have to want for God to transform our lives. And you all know that quote. Everybody wants transformation, but Nobody wants to change. Well, I pray that we can take our baptism seriously. I pray that we can let go of those things that separate us from the love of God and from each other and find joy and wonder, curiosity, holy listening, sustaining grace. My prayer for each of us is that new life found in our baptism. When Jesus was baptized, the heavens broke open, and God said, You are my beloved, my son, with you, I am well pleased. And you know, God said the exact same thing when you were baptized. You are my beloved, my child. With you, I am well pleased. Amen. Amen.